salutations and greetings welcome to you all this is when hybrid was home and loud boot podcast presentation i am your host true story thank you for joining us for the stride man in this episode we'll be looking ahead to arsenal's game against villa today or later tonight rather and it's an exciting enticing fixture for us because it's one of those games where it could be a potential banana skin if we're not on ours and if we are on ours, we start to see the improvements we've made from those other years when we weren't so solid, we weren't so consistent in our performances, right? So coming into it, Arsenal and decent nick now, you know, six game, last six games in all competitions, three wins, the last, a win and a loss, sitting in 10th place in the league, Villa above us right now in goal difference. You know, they haven't had the easiest run of it. You know, two losses on the bounce after two wins on the bounce, a loss and a win. And they've had some good results and some very, very disappointing results as well in that run where you realize there's a team there within Villa. The midfield is very strong, which we'll get to later on. And you're looking at that saying it's one of those games for us where it, as people have said in our in our fan base, that it may be a sterner test than what Manchester United was. When it comes to personnel-wise, where they know themselves, they're talented, yet they don't mind sitting back and letting us have the ball and saying to us, break us down. And for us, it's going to be one of those games where we're going to have to. We're going to have to break down this team. So looking into the historic uh, you know, record of, of Dean Smith's team, you know, since 1904, we've played them 195 times. So this will be the 196th encounter with Austin Villa. They've won 67 of those, drawn 45 and last 83. So we'll be looking for our 84th win in this 196th fixture, yet we have to be cognizant of the fact that they beat us last season, you know? And that 1-0 loss was... It ended a run for, what, seven games in six years that they hadn't beaten us. You know, to track back to the last time they beat us away when we were looking at us with the 2013-2014 season. And they beat us 3-1. And it was the game where Kashani got sent off. Benteke got two goals. And he also got, I think he missed a penalty. You know, Olivier Giroud was on the score sheet for us. It's one of those where you could see the type of squad we were then. We weren't, we weren't who we may be. You know, that's who you are not. And we can't revert back to type when it comes to that. We have to revert to, or rather advance to more who we may be. You know, and this is this, this is one of those where we're looking at it like, yo, man, like a, a, a banana skin type game if we're not on our game, bro. Like real talk, it's one of those where we need the the OG Arsenal. It can be 2-1, it can be 4-0. It's cool. We need a win, you know. We need a win from this game because you look at it, you're like, we've conceded five goals in our last eight games. With three clean sheets. So defensively, we've improved so much. And we've seen what's happened when Gabriel Michaelis is coming to that defense. When Partey is coming to that midfield. What 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 Tierney has provided. We don't speak enough of that as a fan base. But Tierney has been one of our best players. You know, consistent players. Quality players, right? And Villa themselves are a team where we, we, have the, we had the best. Like for the past two games, we're talking about how we had the second best defense in the league behind Villa. Then Emi Martinez goes on a couple games when they concede a couple goals. And not all the goals were his fault, right? So now, pardon me, Villa have scored 15 goals in their last six games. 
So you're looking at it where they're conceding a couple of late, yet they're still a team that can get goals about them, right? Yes, we have to include the 7-2 versus Liverpool and a couple goals. Where I think last weekend they scored three goals in the last, you know. So they have it about them where they'll, they'll give it a fight, you know. So defensively, you're going to have to be sound as a squad. Otherwise, you're going you're gonna to find it hard to play against the slot, you know. So... Of late, we're talking about their defensive record now. Seven goals in the last 93 minutes, you know, just against Southampton and Leeds United, where good team Southampton, when they get forward and get about it, they can get goals. Leeds United, again, a good team, can get forward, get goals. Yet, if you Aston Villa and the Villa that you may be, you should be getting results in those games, right? So to lose 4-3 to Aston, uh, to lose 4-3 to Southampton, rather, Aston Villa, and to lose 3-0 to Leeds, Knowing they beat Leicester 1-0. They smacked Liverpool 7-2. Those are the games they probably should have lost and then won the Saints game and the Leeds United game. So in between there, it almost seems as if in the bigger fixtures, they get the result. And that, that result against Liverpool is not a fluke game. A lot of people are like, oh, nah, those are going to happen once in a while. They step up, Villa. They know how to play the game. They know how to, how to trap you. They know how to pull you onto them and hit you on the break and attack your weaknesses, right? So it's going to be the, one of those games where we're going to have to be on ours, bro. We can't afford to get caught up by these mandem. Because these mandem will hurt you when they catch you out. They have talent in that midfield, bro. Like, I've been a keen admirer of, that, of, of a lot of their midfielders. Ross Barkley over the years. Jack Grealish. Talented players, bro. Class players. They only need one chance. And we see how suspect we are from long range as well. So we're going to have to guard for that one chance, right? And take our chances when they come, because it's like we've scored a couple goals of late yet. We're not as clinical as we may be. Our last game in the Europa League, we saw that we're converting a lot more of our chances on target. We got four goals from six shots on target. This is the type of game we're going to have to do those type of numbers. Get our shots on target up and maybe even get our goals up. Because we'll get chances. We just got to put them away and then put this team away and then we can go away on the international break and, you know, come back and focus on playing Leeds United, you know. So team news-wise, for Aston Villa, uh, Bertrand Traore is out. He's been a, a good player for them, you know, former Chelsea player, Burkina Faso International, uh, a superstar talent, you know, and somebody would have added a lot of value to them, especially on the break, and we're lucky that he's not playing in this game. For us, Callum Chambers is back in contention. We saw Louise was back, and other than that, no new injuries or, or suspension concerns. So we can look forward to a full-strength team at the very least, right? The question now becomes, what is our full-strength team in what, in, what, in, what line, in what formation, rather, right? And this is the type of game where no cap, bro, we're going to have to go with a 3-4-3. A 4-2-3-1 would be great to break this type of team down, yet this formation becomes a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 in progression sometimes, right? So we, we just got to play our game, basically, you know, and then get the results. We can make changes within the game. So we're going for a 3-4-3. Burnt Leno back in goal because that's our keeper, that's our number one. He got to play at right center back. Rob Holding was immense, you know. So on that Leno note, he got to play, he got to play. You got to put in the performance because that goal he conceded against Mulder, that was shit. He stepped back into the game. We need a we need a clean sheet, but we've got a couple clean sheets of late. Let's get another clean sheet. So back to that Rob Holders at right center back. I think he was started against Manchester United. And he's our right center back for now when Saliba is not available going down the line, you know, and he's, he's played so well, Rob, he, uh, Rob Holdinho, that I think he deserves to get a couple of runs out there, you know, and not playing in the Europa was great for him because he'll be fit for this one, right? Gabriel, man, the rock, bro, the rock needs to play at centre-back and 
let's let's keep this run going because clean sheets are coming now you know by the by the by the plentiful now when he's there in that defense and we sh- we are short of our defense and the usage of the ball is also very good and i like that he's he's confident in what he does and when he has to do a bit of the dirty arts he does that too and make sure the team is not conceding the goals that we used to concede in the past so i like that Kieran Tierney as well we talk about him being the rock one of the the bedrocks of our center backs and our defense overall regardless of whether he plays at left back or at left wing back or at left center back whatever the case may be i think starting at left center back for this game will be perfect get him get him going and be cover for our left wing back and then he also gives us a lot more of a threat going forward right so i, I can't see an arsenal team without carantini in it these days so it's carantini's got to start bro hector bellerin is one of those who he's earned his spot as well right wing back he's solid he gets to rest games he doesn't have to play too much so hector's got to start putting a performance defensively he's going to have to be on his game but going forward as well those those moments we started to see you know, of him getting down the line, bringing in good balls, bro, getting chance, chance, chances at goals. So soon enough, Hector will be getting goals and assists by you know by by by, by the dozen as well. You know, it'll be regular because he's getting back to his levels. You know, on the left side, it's one of our positions where Kieran Tierney is now playing a centre back, and he's probably the best left wing back in the squad. Bukayo Saka deputizes very well on his day, you know, and even when he makes those mistakes sometimes again he's only 18 years old he will make those mistakes little chilly we have to give him a chance to you know so i like the fact that he gets regular game i like the fact that he gets regular game time because at the very least at left wing back he's starting games right so when he's starting games then it's regular game time for him he can be consistent in that position and be cons- consistent in that regard so bugayo saga at left wing back has to get a start thomas party in the heart of that midfield bro because that's our that's our catalyst for everything good that's happening right now at Arsenal. Yes, Gabriel is instrumental in that. Karen Tierney, you know, Bellerin. Everybody's playing their role, yes. But when it comes to linking defense to attack and making sure everything is seamlessly intertwined, Thomas Party is a key part of that spine, you know. So he has to start. That's our general bro. Let's go bust that midfield. His partner right now, who he's grown a nice relationship and grown a nice affinity towards, is a mutual symbiosis between him and, and Mohamed Elneny. So Elneny has to start in this game. I would have loved to start Joe Willock, and I'd love to see Joe Willock get a run, you know, last 30, last 40 minutes. Let him let, let him run, especially when we've sealed the game off, you know, maybe even rest to Thomas Partey saying, I go away on international break and relax. We've, We've got some results and have a good time about it more and any, you know, more responsibility on you finish the game. And let's keep growing because that midfield, bro, there's so much competition for spaces there where Jacques and Ceballos aren't even getting a mention, you know, not even on my bench. You know, it's tough for places right now. So it's crazy, Brody. It's crazy. So more and any has to start for me because he's he's the he's the he's the energy guy in there where parts is the engine. But. More and then he's like the petrol, you know what I'm saying? That's the gas, bro, because he just gets everybody fired up. Like Mikel says, his energy is effusive. You know, his desire and his drive is, is contagious, bro. So the squad needs that, and we need to see more of that in the squad because that's what the archetype for Joe Willock is. Once he adds that to his game, he's already got the other things that more and only maybe he's adding now where the passing is there for Nene. Maybe even some goals may be there for Nene down the line. Yet, Willock, we want to see that energy. So getting him burst of... of, of of, of moments in the game, you know, like 30 minutes, 25 minutes, that'll be great for Joe Willow in this game, right, once we sealed it off. Nicola Pepe on the right side, I feel he has to start because the Willian experiment has only worked to a level where he's a great stopgap guy where going into the season would have been hard for us with Bukayo playing back line to have to adapt to also playing in the attacking line so much this season that, okay, let's let, let's, let's let Willian be the guy that, you know, 
substitutes in the special Martinelli still out and Reese Nelson having injury issues once in a while. I think Pepe needs to start this game and having having seen the performance he pulled in he pulled in against Molde, it's like, bro, that's how that's that's the talisman potential for us, bro, because we didn't spend seventy odd million on a guy for him to be a a, a rotation player, bro. We spent, I don't know, Mikel, there's, there's the conversation of that wasn't Mikel's buy, so it's not Mikel's guy. I don't give a fuck. Mikel has shown that even guys he didn't buy, he stands behind. He didn't buy Elneny, he just played with Elneny. And I think it's an attitude thing with Pepe where over time it'll change. And Mikel is the perfect manager for that because he's going to be able to say to Nicola Pepe, you're already world-class talent, but your attitude is not world-class. And that's what gets in the way of you getting world-class production. And it's, it's over time, it's going to change for him. So a game like this, perfect opportunity for him to get a run out, get a couple goals, get an assist or two. And let's continue the great run of form going for Nicola Pepe, right? On the left side, it's one of those positions where it's like, Uber is great there, yet I feel he's better down the middle. Miguel hasn't made the transition yet, and I'm sick and tired of naming my starting lineup with Uber down the middle, and then Uber doesn't start down the middle. So I've conceded to the fact that when Miguel does it, we'll be presently surprised, but for now... We'll be cognizant of the fact that until Martinelli even comes back, we maybe don't have too many options. We, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be comfortable starting William in this game on the left side and Uber down the middle, knowing I'm now benching Lacazette and Eddie, where I could rather start one of the two strikers in Lacazette and Eddie and still keep Uber on the, on the wing, you know. I don't, I don't prefer starting a, Mart, a William right now when I know, okay, rather long-term it's Martinelli or Reese down that side, or even Bukayo Saka starting down that side, because we saw what happened against Molde, where Bukayo was playing down the left side in an advanced position in a four in a four two three one, and Pepe was on the right side, and him cutting inside was creating all this commotion in midfield, bro. And it, that's where Pepe got his goal, right? So I'd like to see a lot more of that. I know Uber and and Pepe connection it was there last season. I'd like to see it continue and develop to grow. Laka down the middle is because I love the way that he, he, holds, he holds up the ball. He hasn't done that well enough of late yet. He still tries and the pressing is still there. Gives away one too many free kicks for my liking yet. As a guy who we know has got the potential to put chances away when he gets them. Now it's about him getting the chances and, and converting. You know, and you haven't seen them in training this past you know, day or so. You're like, you know what? There's, there's a lot to come there. Especially because that relationship is there with him and, and Uber and Pepe. And that squad, they, the energies, they, even though he's not getting his goals per se, they still fucks with Laka. So long term may not be our best fit, but at the very least for the season, let's get let's get Laka in the squad more and let's get those goals going in. Let's see what Eddie can become. Let's see what Balugan can become, right? And that's our squad, man. Runison on the bench with Suarez, Luis, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Joe Willock, William, and Aidan Ketia. Like we said, competition is tough for spaces right now at the Arsenal where... Some random, you're looking at it like, hey, some good players who aren't going to get a chance to play in this game simply because of availability, right? Well, we've got more guys coming back to full fitness that we can't really afford to sit back and say, nah, I right, cool, we're going to have to prioritize playing Adamant because of their name or whatever the case may be. We can't afford to look at names no more. Now it's literally down to, hey, man, who's the best for the squad? You know, what's the best person now for us to get the result? So in this type of game where we have to respect Aston Villa, that's why we went with the 3-4-3. And that's why I feel Miguel will go with the 3-4-3 because we can't half-step it against a team like Villa. They're a very good squad, you know, and they could, they could, they could open us up if we are too open in our midfield. And we saw what happened when we played Ceballos with, with Xhaka and Willock in midfield. And Willock was further forward so that we got opened up in midfield because of lack of legs. When we play a 3-4-3, we press high and Partey and then you have the engine to cover up that space. So 
we're going to have to go with that formation against a team that's going to overpower us in midfield at some parts of the game, right? Laka drops back, which I like, so it almost creates a, a three in midfield with Ube and Pepe then p- pressing further forward. And Saka and Bellerin also pressing, that allows us three centre-backs to press. It's a beautiful thing they have going on, and it's continuity, you know. It's basically, what, one change from the Man United game where Pepe comes in for Willian? That's soft. Ten changes from the Molder game? That's soft, because then we have continuity of guys who are resting and consistency across the board, right? So... I'm praying for a positive result for the Gooners, man, because you know how that goes. Like, we get this result, we move a little bit further up the log, we go away on the international break with a little bit more of a, a confidence about us and what we're doing and what we're trying to build. Then we come back, like we said, against Leeds and get the results. So we'll discuss all of that when we come to it. Right now, we're praying for a positive result. I'm predicting a 4-0 Arsenal win, two goals from Nicola Pepe, an Uber goal and a soccer goal with a couple of assists from Saka and Pepe there. And let's, let's, let's get this positive result. Let's keep this good thing going. The energy that we have in the squad is right now contagious, bro. It's effusive. Like, we're all feeding off of it. We're all excited for each game. Like, we can't even get to get the... We can't even wait to get the pre-match, you know, podcast out. We can't wait to see what the lineups are. We can't wait to check out the latest team news and whatever the case may be. I mean, Martin Askin, Atkinson refing, and we won't even give a fuck. We know we're still going to get this for no, whatever happens, right? It's the, type of, it's the type of form we're on. It's the type of time we're on, and we love it, you know? So it's a great time to be an Arsenal fan right now. Let's keep that energy going. Let's keep that love going. Let's keep that love flowing. Let's send the team good vibes and good energies coming into this game so we get this result and we can take it easy for a little while, right? So with international break coming up, we'll do the recap show to to this game tomorrow and then we'll start doing some evergreen content, just focusing on stuff like that. Our, our top five players in each position in the club and some and some ratings of some young players and, you know, some some of the guys that we have on loan, you know, a loan watch report where we're just talking about some of the guys and how they've been performing over the first couple of games where they may be, right? So, yeah, man, thank you for joining us for this journey and this process. This is when Highbury was home, or this has been when Highbury was home, Loud Booth podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. Thank you for being with us on this journey. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review us on all DSPs where you consume your digital media content on social media. It's When Highbury Was Home podcast. Please check it out. Loud Booth podcast. Please check it out. You know, follow. Let us know what the vibes is. Let us know what type you are. And if you're doing podcasts, you know, we'd love to engage with y'all. We recently just started following a lot of creators as well and checking out their content. And there's so much going on you know, across the globe, you know, especially in Africa as well. So it's a beautiful thing to see. And thank you for the love we're receiving as well on the social media platforms. It's been crazy, you know, like y'all are just showing us so much love and we'll continue to show love and we'll continue to create dope content for y'all to be able to engage with. And let's continue to grow and continue to enjoy this journey, right? Because it's it's a beautiful journey that we are on, man. Us as Arsenal fans right now in a position where we are turning around our team and we can feasibly see our team become a world-class side over the next couple of years. It's something we've yearned for. Back to when Highbury was home, we've yearned for that since then. And now we have an opportunity to live in that fully, you know, to, to, to manifest that fully and to be who we may be as a football club and to even reach newer heights, you know. We've been to Champions League finals and lost. Now we have a chance to return there and win. We have the infrastructure at board level. We have the infrastructure at, at backroom staff level. Now we're starting to build the personnel on the field. 
the fans have always had the best fan base in the league. So that's always been there and that's always going to be there. Let's continue to grow, bro. We have the best fan base now, you know, on social media as well. So it's like, let's continue to grow and continue to feed the team positive energy, bro. That's what it's about. That's what it's always going to be about because that's what we're here for as fans of this, you know, as people who grew up in this thing here. Football is like a lifeblood for us, you know. So it's got the power to change communities and societies like, you know, Nelson Mandela said. So blessings to y'all. Thank you for joining us on this journey. You know how that goes when Highbury was home. A loud booth podcast presentation. Thank you for joining us. And as always, come on, you gooners.